0: Dude, check it out. Who do we got in the house tonight? Hi. We
1: are rolling right now. This is episode four of How Good's This? And we are joined by the uh, s- uh, sensational, um, vivacious, uh, intelligent. You got to do ten. Um,
2: That's going to be tough.
0: No, it's uh, not. Uh, wait, wait.
1: I just don't know ten good adjectives. <laughs> That's not because.
0: Luscious. Kind. Z- luscious. For V- voluptuous you're not voluptuous at all <laughs> i got a uh, butt you we're, got a butt got
1: voluptuous a butt, butt. You Got a butt. we are joined by uh none other than tara elise lawson hi hi who happens to be my beautiful wife and the mother of my child wow right.
2: hi guys hello how you doing hello hello
0: great we're great hello. man this is this is i feel like this is Why is looking
2: at me like
0: that <laughs> <laughs> um how you feeling today baby
2: I feel pretty good. So, yeah, I feel good. I had a glass of wine last night, and I, no matter how many glasses of wine I have, I always wake up and feel like I'm hungover. I
0: thought you were going to say you had a glass of wine before this. No. We have glasses <laughs> of wine if you want a glass of wine now. We do. You got a baby no. gone.
2: No, 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 no. Let's get, let's get through a little bit of this before I start <laughs> Let's necking. get
1: cruising. Neck
2: and chardonnay. Uh,
1: Taz and I uh, did something really remarkable last night, Jules, mm-hmm. um, that we have not done since the birth of our child we went out on a date without our son whoa yeah big dudes. deal things got things got heavy bro hot and heavy
0: or just heavy like you guys got pissed at each other
1: <laughs> no hot and heavy we might have made did you guys little,
0: make out we might have made a little
1: kissy kissy oh, in the gas
0: station on the way home boys and girls we, listen to that we didn't Cut. you didn't <laughs> no but it was awesome i had a great That's time great, man. i had What'd a really wonderful do? time what did you guys do yeah, it was do?
2: awesome we were um we were on our way to a friend's venue, Lucky You. Um, we wanted to check out their spot, but they were closed. So We went to our favorite restaurant, Mizuna, and we sat outside and we had some wine. Alan had a cocktail. Mm. We ate some food. Nice. It was delicious.
0: And you haven't done that since having Rudy?
2: No. So Rudy's nearly 17 months old. We haven't had a night to ourselves since he was born. We've, we've actually never been on a date, have we, babe, since he was born?
1: Since he was born, no, we've definitely been on a date, but no, not since he he was born have we been, and you haven't had a night off from him, period. No, since he was born. No, I have. I've had. Have I slept
2: in voluntarily without being woken up by my son? No. Wow.
1: Well, no, but you you is interesting having children um, because the the one thing everybody says. Before you have a kid, is <laughs> you better catch up on sleep now, <laughs> right? That's like the little jab that they throw your way, yeah. Exactly. And you, regardless of the opportunity to sleep, you're not gonna sleep because you wake up every three hours going, Is my child alive? Is he okay? Um, and specifically, if you're a mother, right. I, I, pr- I probably could sleep through it
2: you a hundred percent have and do do that <laughs> yeah
1: there's been a few times where where rudy's been like wailing and i've just been out cold
2: I just, just throw s- the monitor sleeping on sleeping through it well uh, thank- i
0: don't i don't know if you guys just don't trust me but i've been at your house for about a month now and mm-hmm. i'm happy yeah no it's a, tr- you- it's a trust it's a trust thing i figured, I figured. Thing. yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> no, I would trust you. I don't you think seem- i trust myself. I mean, I think I would, but I don't... I Why would
2: we have you do it now? That well, you just I, I mean,
0: that? I would. I just, I've no. never done it. No. So, like, I mean, I would be, I would probably be so scared to do anything wrong that I would just be like...
2: You're going to be a creep just lying like, on the floor me, in his bedroom while he sleeps, yeah, just, just watching him breathe. Yeah,
0: well, I, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't know really where to start. You'd have to give me like a list of things to do, but I'd follow it and I think I'd be all right. We I might think-
2: just not ask you.
0: We'll do it because I want you guys to be able to go out and have more of these date nights. It's seventeen months and you haven't done one that. In- and I, I, when did you do it before you were pregnant?
2: Often, we Yeah, we would. When do you were pregnant, yeah. When I was pregnant, we would. Uh-huh. For sure.
0: Okay. It's, right. just, it's just impossible. I wanted impossible to eat while I was pregnant. I yeah, Couldn't yeah. drink,
2: but obviously, I ate a shitload of food.
0: Well, you guys can ask me whenever you want if you if you can muster up the courage okay. and trust. Um, I'm happy to watch. I'm happy to watch little Tin Tin.
1: Well, uh, you know, we must be transparent that there wasn't a lot of babysitting that happened last night. We went out to eat after we put Rudy down.
0: Oh, that's so. That's, it was pretty much. Risky.
1: It was pretty much just my my dad and my sis watching the monitor, and oh, he did wake there. up. He woke up and, <laughs> Kaylee, said, we have this thing. I'm sure you've seen it since you've been at the house, but we'll explain to the to the listeners. Our monitor, you can talk through it and uh we've oh man what was it how long has he been sleeping well baby it's been five months no four <laughs> months
2: since he was like 15 months old so maybe a okay.
1: f- couple months two three? The first first 15 months of his of his adult life he slept like an asshole really oh yeah, just, just every what does that like, mean like he just i never? mean he's a baby so you know he just he would wake up every few hours mm-hmm. it took a lot to coax him into bed And to coax him to sleep, you know, you do a lot of like the normal, um, shushing and, and, uh, comforting. And then it would all, it would always happen to me. I would get him two inches away. He'd be asleep. I get him two inches away from his mattress and he, he somehow knew he just had like radar for the mattress and he would wake up. But we eventually figured out that if you just stayed in the room and you laid down next to the crib. And you said, lay down with mommy or lay down with daddy, Pfft, straight face down
0: would
2: fall they seem to be the magic words. So I, anyone out there that's having trouble with their kids, just use those magic words. There, was, to
0: work. there was one day when uh, Alan and I were, were on daddy duty. Mm-hmm. Alan was, and I was just like, you know, participating because I was there by association. And, uh, and he let me do the... Lay down with daddy. You, lay down with daddy. You, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Was, did you, did you do it over the, rate, the, over the monitor? Yeah. Over the monitor. You just lay down with daddy. That's
2: what Kaylee did last night. She was trying to sound like dad. Lay Does down it work with when it daddy. says lay down with mommy? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. it was
0: just a, like lay down with the daddy thing. So you have <laughs> no, to say lay down with daddy. Lay down <laughs> with awesome. mommy works too. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, that was the, we had a really nice night last night. I had a really wonderful time with you last night, babe. Yeah, it was
2: awesome. That's great. I'm glad we did that
1: kind of diving into uh your background you're obviously australian
2: correct amundo uh
1: give us give us a little bit of your story where were you born why were you born who are your parents (laughs) where do you come from are you kiwi wink wink
2: um i was born to jennifer and murray lawson in sydney australia dad was up
0: there The the greatest people who? Of, of all time. Your parents. They are. They're the best. They're the best. They're the
2: best. Mm-hmm. Um, born in Sydney. Dad was located up there for work. Um, when I was about two, we moved back to Melbourne. Uh, grew up in Melbourne. Um, loved it. And then in my late teens... I, I mean, I shouldn't probably jump ahead that far, should I? Um, That's.
0: I mean, whatever. We're going to get to you guys I as mean, well, but whatever. Talk you about know, it.
2: Yeah, grew up, grew up in Australia and had an awesome childhood. Have an older brother who's three and a bit years older than me, Jai. Um... Yeah, just did, you know, just did the thing as a kid, suburbia and school and whatever. Did, did
0: you like growing up in Australia? Was Australia a cool place to grow?
2: It was amazing. We lived, um, we, we grew up and lived in a little place called Strathmore, um, which is a suburb, maybe 15 minutes from the CBD from downtown Um, So we grew up there. It was amazing. Loved it. We spent weekends and summers down the Great Ocean Road, which is where we got married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Down the Great Ocean Road. So we would spend our summers in a place called Lawn. And then mum and dad eventually ended up buying a house, a holiday home down there. So we would spend our summers and weekends down in Lawn and then, you know, during the school week and for the rest of our time we were... And in what, what kind of
0: what kind of uh, girl were you when you were a teenager? Were you like a oh, rough around the edges shit. type, or were you just kind of like a goody two shoes that no, just no, wanted no, to no, like? No, no,
2: no, no, I was never a goody two shoes. I was so annoying. I was so annoying. You know, I went through. I just went through phases. You yeah. know, I was in high school. I went to. I went to an all girls um, Catholic high school. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uniforms and everything. I mean, I don't know any different. It was fine. We had
0: that was you did that the whole time. What do you mean? Like you went. To, to I, went to, I
2: went to primary school which is elementary uh-huh. like from the age of 5 through 12 and then from 12 through 18 I went to an all girls private wow. high school
1: Was that in Melbourne?
2: Yep, yep in Essendon so the neighbouring, oh, Moonee, Pond, Moonee Ponds, the next, the next suburb of
0: Uniforms course. and everything?
2: Yeah uniforms and everything, socks wow. had to be pulled to a certain height, you couldn't have your skirt sort of you know technically above your knees
0: is there any correlation to like that experience with like who you've become as a person now? You think? I don't know.
2: I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I, I loved going to high school. I hated school. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved art. Yeah. But I hated anything academic. Had a really great group of girlfriends, obviously, because I was surrounded by girls. Had a really core group of girls that, um, you know, we went through high school together. I mean, it was tough. Year seven, when you go to high school you're forming your friends, you're, you know, you're forming those cliques, Mm -hmm. found that. Year eight was a bit tough. I was, you know, sort of growing up and going through a weird phase. I was a bit of a shit in year eight, you know, like mum tried to take me to Japan and I was just such a tomboy and we were on this trip in Japan and mum was trying to like brush my hair or put lipstick on me or something. And I was just like... You know, I was into Marilyn Manson and wearing Doc really? Martens with like rainbow laces <laughs> and shit. Yeah, your
0: wife was into Marilyn Manson. You dude, You were super emo. Though. I
2: was so emo in 1998. Did you wear
0: <laughs> JNCO jeans?
2: Uh, oh, are they tensile jeans?
1: I don't
0: know. Crisscross, cross. crisscross. Like jeans? big ones like the yeah. big. Yeah. Crisscross,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'd but wear that. crisscross
1: wore them backwards.
2: I don't know. We'd wear that. We'd wear that.
1: Did super wear wide leg yeah, all
2: the way down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah Dark yeah. eyeshadow and stuff.
2: Yeah, I was so
0: gross. God, I wish we had pictures to pull up right now of that. Nope that'd be awesome. We had some <laughs> evidence,
1: we had some evidence floating around the old WhatsApp family conversation that I should have saved, but <laughs> yeah, you you, uh, I didn't see any of you in your, your email, your emo days. Do you still have any connection with uh, the girls you went to high school with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all still in touch somewhat. Um, Jenna, who I, who went to primary school with me, she started in grade two. So I don't know how old we were eight. And We've been best friends and we probably speak every day still. Really? Yeah. That's
0: the coolest thing about you Australians. That, I mean, like, I'm sure there's other people in even America that do this, but you talk to your parents and apparently your friend, Jenna. Best friends.
2: Yep.
0: Every day. Correct. Is that like a, is that customary for Australians? Like do you see that amongst most people that you're out there with or is that just, cause I don't do that at all and I should do it more. Like we should talk to our parents more, right? Yeah. I wish
1: I did. I, I uh, don't. I'm not good at phone. I'm not good at the phone. I don't,
2: I don't know. I mean, I think the people that we're closely connected to definitely speak often. You know, I can't, I, I don't know. I, You know, I think Jenna probably speaks to her family quite often. And I speak to Jake, another best friend of mine, probably every day. And my parents and my brother and sister-in-law and the kids every day. I don't know.
0: But it, it, took, it took some uh, rocky years to get to that place where you're calling them every day. Because you haven't been just calling them every day since you were... 14. No, you
2: know, like I was living at home until I was 18 and I was so annoying to my brother, you know, being three and a half years older than me and being just the annoying younger sister. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our home environment through my teen years, I was probably extremely annoying to everyone. Um, Anyway, I went through school, uh, finished high school, didn't do very well at school. I just not, I just didn't really pay attention. Me neither. I, you know, I did I wanted to do all the art programs. So I would like spend all of my time in the art studios and art back then. I don't know if it's any different now, you know, didn't really account for much in terms of your end of year Mm -hmm. point system. Um, And then uh, I took some time off. There's a thing, you know, we've we've talked about it, Al, where a lot of Australian kids who finish high school do a thing called a gap year. I don't know if it's typical in the UK as well, but after high school you take a year off and most people often go traveling or just try and figure out what it is they want to do before they jump into university or a career or whatever it is they plan to do so I did that I took a year off after high school I don't know what I did I had a boyfriend at the time so who knows I probably did nothing and then I started traveling when I was about 19 or 20 so moved moved out of home Moved overseas. My brother was already overseas. I think he had had been for quite some time. And then I went overseas, spent some time there for a couple of months, came back, saved up, and then ended up moving over eventually, somewhere around the age of 20, I think.
0: Did you just travel or did you like land somewhere right away?
2: I, I went straight to London. Mm-hmm. That's where my brother was at the time. And he was, my brother Jai was sort of ending his well near to ending his time overseas so i think we all went to portugal and i don't know he might have traveled on a little bit from there but went to london met him and some of his crazy friends on the first day i landed i'll never forget it got thrown into these crazy parties and just like hung out with my brother you know like
0: i wish i had knew you back on. when you were a party animal
2: i don't know i don't know if anyone i does. definitely wish
0: <laughs> Did you ever know her as a party animal? Never. Never. No, I think
1: when we first started dating there was a little bit party uh, it was like the the, the balloon had like a little bit of air mm-hmm. left in like the party balloon had a little bit more air in it but I just caught the last little beep, <laughs> And then and then and my balloon at cuz Did you we, have fun we, on that? Bup? Yeah, there was a lot of fun in that. Yeah. I mean, we've always had fun <laughs> together without question. Taz is, enjoys herself. Always for sure. But as far as like, you know, I went through a phase of which maybe not every 20 year old does, but I went through a phase of my life. Make sure you're eating that Mike, baby. Um, I went through a phase where, you know, I was just a trash can for whatever you got, dude. I, I am gonna throw it right in. Just And I think at the time that me and Taz met, she was starting to care a little bit more about her temple. Yeah, and wasn't just tossing anything in arbitrarily, whereas I was just ramping up that side of my life. And yeah, so- I,
2: but I mean, I went pretty hard. Like, I went hard. Uh, you know, like, yeah, finished I, school I at the age of... You. I mean, I did. Like, ask Jenna, ask my folks. I but, I'm trust. You know, like, when I finished school and then traveled, like, when I was 20, went to London, it was hardcore. You know, like, I just wanted to be involved in everything. I wasn't... You know, they talk about this thing called the the Heathrow injection. You know, you get to London and you just get fat.
0: Is that what happens? I've never been.
2: Yeah. I mean, because I was just drinking booze and eating whatever I could that was cheap because I was, you know, like the second you step outside your door in London, it feels like you you spend 20 quid just stepping outside your door. Mm -hmm. So being poor and young and just wanting to party, I partied a lot. I mean, it was...
1: Do you look back on those days really fondly? I always kind of look... Earlier today, we were looking through some like old rap songs that me and Julian made yeah, with our right. buddies in this terrible house we lived in. <laughs> and it, if you were to take me back and put me in that house with all the knowledge I have right now in my life and
0: my life experience, I would be so miserable. You just wouldn't be there. You just would walk in, walk in and walk out. I'd
1: walk in and walk out, <laughs> but if you forced me to be there, I would be so upset. Whereas, but if I hearken back to those memories, oh, there's so much joy that. But hindsight
2: hindsight does that, doesn't it? You know, like you you gain all this experience and then you get to a point in your life where you feel somewhat comfortable and then you look back and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have done that because you're a different person. So when I was living living overseas and I was really enjoying that time as it was happening, I look back now and think I made some shitty decisions or I could have done things better, you know, but I don't regret any of it at all. You know, I did... Treat my body like a a bin, like a garbage can, like
0: a bin, like a bin. And I did. We'll touch. We'll touch on it more, eventually. But you're you're an incredible artist. And, and when did you start? Kind of like. Uh, kind of going in that direction towards like you said you were doing it in in grade school you were kind of like I was always really
2: always really artistic Mm -hmm. so even as a young kid I think even when I started to draw at a really young age whether that was three four or five I was always I was always pretty good you know Uh I wasn't drawing I, I was I was doing some pretty good stuff even when I started to draw I had an extreme interest in it and I was good at it so I kept doing it um, kind of like
0: how when Alan sang for the first time, he was great, yeah. even though he doesn't Yeah, want to exactly, admit it.
1: exactly. <laughs> That didn't happen.
0: Yeah, it did. No, it did What did you sound like when you sang for the first time?
1: <laughs> I can't tell. Like, I can't do it. It was right good. Now. No, it, sure it was good. I'm sure it was good.
0: Just like Taz said. Taz is admitting that she was good right away. Well, I mean, because was she compared. was You guys good. are both inherently talented people. No.
1: Okay, so go back. Do you think that uh, the artistic side of your because your your father is very like tactile mechanical mm-hmm. an incredible engineer mm-hmm. uh your mom your mom is she's i would awesome. say she's more of the artistic
2: she's very creative in different ways they they're both very artistic and creative they're just in different ways
1: and so um do you think it's interesting because i think you're a jeweler mm-hmm. you're a silversmith a trained mm-hmm. uh silversmith and jeweler and what's interesting about that art form is it's it's funny because i think about your your folks and your dad is, like I said, very mechanical. Um, You give him a problem and he can solve it in any capacity. Your mom is very artistic, creative, and it's almost like you took both of those individuals' personalities and you brought them together with, with the craft of jewelry. Like jewelry seems like the perfect marriage between both of those personalities, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you, did your love for tools and welding and soldering and did that was that did that start from anything involved with your dad
2: I would I would think so because as a kid you know during primary school and stuff Julian to get back to your question I was drawing all the time and I was always trying to do something creative and then as a young kid dad was always tinkering tinkering around in the garden or doing stuff around the house so he had all of his tools and I would shadow him you know and then he'd go to he'd go to whatever Ace Hardware is the equivalent in Australia. And he'd go to the hardware store and I'd follow him around and he'd include me in that stuff. And some of my fondest memories with dad are just following him around whilst he built stuff. And, (laughs) um, you know, we'd go in the car and I love all those old school eighties, nineties, you know, singers and artists because they just remind me of those trips I would take with dad. Um, So yeah, Alan, I think to get back to your point, I think, being around Dad and sharing those experiences with him, I gained a knowledge and an experience and, and potentially well, a, a love for tools and using my hands yeah. and, and doing that. Um, and then mum nurtured the side of how to harness that or would show me things or you know encourage different kinds of creativity, I, I think.
1: Um, your mom is half Japanese. Yes. Uh your father is about as Irish as a mofo can come. Uh your dad True. has f- like f- f- clovers gl- growing out of his eye sockets. He's yeah. so Irish. Yeah. Um, English. We, we
0: should let it be known also that the title of this podcast is a saying of his. Correct. Well, it's it's it's
1: a derivative of of Murray Lawson. Um but how good's this is a very Australian
0: term.
2: Yeah, but dad always uses it, you know, like uh, when he's just stoked about something. I don't want to believe like,
0: anybody else says it besides him.
1: Oh, everybody says it over there, but no, nobody has the same disposition <laughs> as Murray Lawson. Yeah. Uh, this podcast, and <laughs> I have it tattooed on my knees yeah. too. <laughs> um, uh, when I first met Taz, I was traveling all the time, touring, you know, as much as you possibly could i think the year before i met taz i looked at my count. me and me and laura were looking at my calendar in i think we're in dublin maybe laura and i uh was counting all the days in my calendar that i was home and at that point this was at the end of the year i'd been home for 12 days
2: in 2012
1: in 2012 yeah
2: 2012 you'd been home for 12 days
1: and then the year we met in 2013 yes we did um So when we first met, like, we were trying to figure out how to be in a relationship whilst, you know, I was, you know, already married to music and travel and uh, eventually convinced Taz to leave the... The, the glory land of melbourne australia and move to chawila washington
2: wait is this coming back to the how good at this point yep okay. it's coming okay just, it's coming just keeping you on track buddy. that's how we
1: do it uh <laughs> convinced taz to move to chawila washington before i met your father your father and i had not met at this point and i got an email Oh shit. I got an email from Murray Lawson In the signature. popped up on my email what thing. What was the subject? <laughs> I face. forget. I could probably find it somewhere. Dear Allen. Yeah, dear Alan. Fucking
2: hurt my daughter and you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Meat.
1: That's what I was expecting. Yeah, right. I was expecting this like long win- cuz at this point, right? hadn't met your I'd met your mom. Yes. We went uh, to Bali. Went to went to Bali together.
2: Yeah, Bali belly. Shut your pants the whole time.
1: Yeah, it was gnarly. Um, Yikes! But had not had the pleasure of meeting your dad yet, and I was just kind of waiting, right? To because I had met your mom, and your mom is a very powerful individual. She is. And I was thinking, oh well, Taz's father must be like a thunderbolt. I, the The first line of this email opens up and says, "I just want you to know how grateful I am that you're dating my daughter." What a god! I was like, who? Is? I'm like, legend. is this for real? Read my on. Dad. She seems so happy right now. And I can't, I just can want to thank you for accent? taking care of my daughter. I was like, this guy is amazing, right?
2: Can you read it as if, like, Murray's, can you do it in dad's voice?
1: Mate, I want you to know that I'm so fucking elated <laughs> that you're dating my daughter. I think that's pretty good. Not that's bad, pretty huh? Good. Pretty good. Um, but that's where the saying, how good's this, comes from is from Muzz's sunny side. Uh, up perspective of the world. And Mm -hmm. sorry, I was, this is a caveat for what I was actually attempting to try and talk about, which is your, uh, your, your mother is half Japanese, half Irish. Yep. Your grandmother met your grandfather. uh, In Japan. In Japan during World War II.
2: During the Korean war.
1: Korean war. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Oh, I had it off. Okay. During the Korean war, this is crazy. My mom was born at the same U.S. naval base that Taz's grandparents met at and lived on. And lived on, but and just they, a few years and later, and they were there. In Washington. Only-
0: <laughs> where? was your mom born? <laughs> I've been here. Backtrack. Have you,
2: where have you been for the last five minutes? In Cincinnati.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? No, in Japan. Your mom. My mom was born. Uh, do you remember the wait, name wait, of the wait. base?
2: I don't, I don't.
1: So there's a naval base in Japan. Okay. My mom was born on. My grandfather and my, my grandmother no were uh, naval nurses and a naval doctor. My mom was born on this base in Japan. A few years prior to this, Taz's grandparents met on that same base.
2: Well, they, they, didn't, they didn't meet at the base. They lived there. They ah. married and lived there. And um, they lived in the, I don't know, wedding quarters or whatever. They met through wow. church, I think, and friends. Um, but yes. But Shout they out lived, to God. But they lived. They lived. Uh, yeah, they lived in the same place that Sandy was born just several years later. Crazy.
1: Another yes, random caveat. That's okay, so super let me let me, my, let me continue on well, my. Let me continue on my.
2: Well, I path. mean, you were clearly very confused at the <laughs> Blew beginning. Blew my
0: brain. Yeah. What
2: they met in Washington? <laughs> You're American.
0: Cleveland. <laughs> what? Um, so your
1: mother is half Japanese. Your father is full-blooded Irish. English, yep. Yeah. And English. Um, Just
2: a straight up convict. They came over on the boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> your, your style for jewelry Mm -hmm. and even your art your drawings um the artistic bent of your the artistic slant maybe is a better term of your art always reminds me of of japanese uh artistry can you expand on that is that like was your grandmother did you have a connection to japan like and before you started really getting into art or is that something you developed over time
2: I think growing up with a japanese grandmother we were obviously influenced by the japanese culture so when my grandmother came to australia i, I mean it wasn't i mean it wasn't cool for an australian to have married a japanese woman and live in the suburbs of footscray melbourne mm. you know like my grandmother wasn't accepted Initially, and, and and later on, not by my father's family, and you know, so it was hard, it was hard for her. So I think, I think, her leaving Japan. So, because she married my grandfather, she had forfeited her Japanese citizenship. So she wow. didn't speak to any of her family. Like they disowned her for a number of years. So, I imagine she's since passed. She passed away last year. But I imagine for her bringing the Japanese culture over to Australia with her would have been somewhat difficult. But we did grow up with some of it. So, you know, she would cook Japanese food. We would do, you know, like she was always cooking Japanese food and eating Japanese food. And she would always speak to some of her, you know, she'd speak to some of her friends or she had a community of war brides that lived in Melbourne with her. So she'd speak to them in Japanese. And so I think for most of, you know, my family, we are influenced by the Japanese culture and I think I'm just fascinated by it and I think it's because it's in me it's in our blood you know it's in Rudy's blood it's um and I love the Japanese aesthetic I love the way of life I love the food I just love the culture and I think it probably has influenced um Subtly, like I haven't seeked it out. I haven't seeked out a lot of Japanese art or, you know, culture to make it fit into my art form. I think it's just one of those things that's made its way into it. And I would describe the jewellery that I'm currently making as a very wabi-sabi style of work, which basically means – it basically translates to the perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. Which is, mm. which is how my work feels right now. I don't have this high polished, highly nuanced, perfect piece of jewellery. I just make what I want and it's a pretty organic, perfectly imperfect piece of jewellery. It's not intended to be precisely, you know. Zales. Perfect. Correct. You know, <laughs> like, and I just get, I get bored of that. I get, I get bored of, I get bored of that. And yeah. no one's perfect, you know, and I just hate trying to make something be this perfect thing. And it's the same with my art, I think. When I, when I draw, because I love to illustrate and draw, I don't have a lot of time for that as well as doing jewellery. But I think it, yeah, Alan, I think it's all influenced through that culture, I would yeah. imagine. I just align to that probably the most.
1: Seems like you choose your, uh, your life partners based upon this old perfectly imperfect scenario too, huh?
2: I guess. Yeah.
1: Um you don't have a mu- you don't have much time for illustration anymore and no. that's because you gave uh, our family a wonderful wonderful son yep. 17 months ago.
2: Yep.
1: How because I feel like your uh I feel like your artwork and your jewelry has expanded um, and grown and blossomed since Rudy was born, and even though you have s- s- way less time to do it and way less focus, we both have less ability to mm-hmm. focus on our craft. Um, I sense that you have uh, done so much better, and are and are thanks maybe I think more I, focused on it.
2: I think obviously having a child changes you and your priorities change and I think the way that you view the world the way that you view yourself your relationships everything changes um and I think it would be naive for anyone to think otherwise you know um I am just I think I've always been a pretty comfortable and confident person with who I am I'm not someone who's I mean, sure. During like some formative years, I might have been a little bit uncomfortable with who I was or where I was going, or tried to appease other people based off what I think I should have been. Um, but I think having a child's just really given me the confidence to just become who I am and just embrace that. And I just, just like, just gives zero fucks, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's shine through, shone through shone through in in my work I I was always trying to make things that I thought people might like even though it made me uncomfortable and now it's just I'm really focusing on what I want to do and if people like it that's awesome if they don't like it then do you need me to speak closer to the mic um if if people don't like it then that's fine at least I know that I'm being authentic to who i am and i'm enjoying the process because Mm. i'm a process person i will have an idea and make it or try and execute it just based on enjoying that process not because i'm requiring an end result or i have that in mind so a lot of what i do is just process driven so the pieces that i do now i get in the studio two days a week um You look after Rudy, obviously, those two days that I'm in the studio and I just make whatever I feel like. So some days I wake up and, you know, might have had a glass of wine the night before and I might be a little bit hungover from that and I just make whatever I feel like that day. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Or something might have inspired me from the previous week and so the stuff that I make ends up looking sometimes completely different but it always has that, I feel it always has that wabi-sabi, perfectly imperfect Aspect element,
0: I think that value that quality of yours is uh, what I think I can speak for everybody is what we all kind of admire about you and what we think is so just the wabi sabi, like the perfectly imperfect, like that you're able to kind of like you're able to be at a point in your life where you're not so precious about what you're trying to okay. do anymore. And, yeah. ma- and maybe okay. a kid has put that in, maybe like your relationship to Alan has created that for you. Whatever has aligned in your life to allow you to stop giving a shit about pleasing other people mm-hmm. and kind of doing something for yourself with integrity and, 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 and doing something that genuinely makes you happy. Um, it's something that I'm trying to do in my life constantly, but am not always great at it. Um, I'm I'm sure it's something that most people are trying to do in their lives and whether they're good at it or not it's inspiring and admirable to be in the same house as you to watch you do that on your two days and to like see you create this stuff and like also just be like a smiling mother at the same time and to just like have a good attitude about everything and also just to make dope shit like I see your stuff and it's like dude this is like and that's why it's good it's good because you have that attitude yeah, about it thanks, dude. um yeah but i say all that as a compliment to you but i also want to rewind a little bit and mm-hmm. get you guys uh kind of to uh walk us through what 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 happened how this how this all came to be you two when you guys were because you were on tour and you were just out in australia kind of being a fizzling out your last piece of your balloon yeah like and, uh, exactly as alan,
2: <laughs> as alan would say i was you know coming to the end of my fun life when i met you wasn't i
0: well
1: there's there's three years between us right uh, three or is it two
2: Two and a half two, two and three quarters
1: and, yeah there's two and a half years between us we met when taz was me being older 28 uh or 29
2: i must have been about 29 so i mean i was at the end of my 20s <clears> yet, babe, I was you know? I
1: was 26 or 27 so I was Ugh. just like
2: you were at like you were still in puberty you didn't oh, hit dude, peak maturity f- until you were like 31
1: yeah um well I still haven't hit maturity or puberty yet but uh I was in fifth gear <laughs> when I met Taz Jeez. and
0: uh
2: what
0: was I thinking seriously um yeah, what I think, were you thinking
2: I don't fuck no Julian
0: well let's unpack it
2: well, who What was I, going
0: on? You saw him on stage. That's the no, first time. No, no, no. no, no, no. not you at give all. the story, baby.
2: Not, do you want me to, to give the story? So, we, uh, it was early, early ish 2013. Alan, let me preface this. I lived in Sydney for a period of time. And during that time, um, I met a friend, Maddie Wu, who was in the music industry. Um, anyway, that aside for a sec. I was living in Melbourne. I had moved back from overseas. I was back at jewellery school actually. So I was um, finishing my uh, engineering in jewellery course and I got a call or a text from Maddie to say, hey, I'm, I'm hanging out with this band that are here for the Blues Fest. Uh, we've got a couple of side shows. We're going to be in Melbourne this week. Could you potentially take us out, you know, for dinner? and help you know entertain this band because he wasn't from melbourne i was like yeah i could do that i guess
0: why did they call you to do that what was just because
2: i i guess matt i guess i guess maddie just i was someone that he knew in melbourne and you were
0: just a socialite you were just like a social yeah i knew i you
2: know i I love melbourne and i've got a lot of friends in the hospitality industry and i think he maybe just thought well if we get together with you you might be able to take us to some good restaurants or hook us up or like just help me with this band So I called my um, I called one of my really good friends Jane and just sort of said, "What are you doing on Wednesday? Can you drop your plans?" Uh, And she was like, "Yep." So we met Maddie and Alan and I believe uh, Trevor was there. Uh, Another um, person was there too that's no longer with you, but we met. um,
1: (laughs) Shall remain unnamed.
2: (laughs) Um. Yeah and so I met I remember we met On the corner of uh, On on Swanson Street uh, Down in Melbourne I think it was a Wednesday night And we were going to A friend of mine's uh, She worked at this restaurant
0: Okay uh, and hold on Boom First impression Of Alan
2: He had a lot of necklaces on
0: Paper <laughs> <Cooper laughs> shells
2: <laughs> <laughs> Too oh, many yeah. like,
1: That'll so, be on my gravestone
2: He had like so many necklaces He had so Why many necklaces on necklaces? And there was like He had this one Like it was as, as big as the head of this microphone is and if you're not watching this and you're only hearing it, I don't know. It was huge. And it it's like it was like a dissected fossilized pine cone.
1: Yeah, dude, it was third eye blind cone. Oh, dude. it was I
2: was like wow. Oh, this That's American a- needs some fashion sense i just remember necklaces mm, to be honest wow,
0: that's so funny
2: um and i think you had you had some pretty skinny jeans on and you had some really clunky boots with like a big tongue on them so I needless to that. say
0: there was no like an in instant love attraction no, that you were feeling no oh come on no that's not fair
2: <laughs> well they were, i mean I, I i didn't go into i didn't go into this situation sure, expecting right, that i hadn't you know when i'd spoken to maddie and asked who he was um, who he was with i had, hadn't heard of alan uh-huh uh, Neither
1: had any of Australia. <laughs> that's that not point. true.
2: You were there to tour. So we went uh, to, there's this building there called Cookie and inside Oof. there, there's a, there's a Thai restaurant. Did you guys go there? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah amazing. So you, ate at uh, yeah. Uh, you ate at the Thai place? Yeah. I cookie? don't know. We went to
0: Cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. God, you guys remember that dinner? Yeah.
2: So Oof. good.
0: God, that was good.
2: So one of my best friends, Louise, was working there and um, she hooked us up, you know, and we just had a really awesome meal and it, you know, we just sat around chatting and after that, we went to a whiskey bar. There was a really cool whiskey bar around the corner. There's like 400 whiskeys in this joint. And we got there. By this stage, we'd collected another friend of mine, Tammy, and we are just cruising around town. And we went to this whiskey bar, and we'd sort of all paired off at this stage. So I had like paired off with Alan, and we were chatting, and Jane had paired off with Trevor, and then my friend Tammy had paired off with someone else. And so it was kind of like we were all just sitting in these like twosomes just having a chat and uh uh yeah alan and i just we hit it off alan was seeing someone at the time alan mm. was in a serious non-serious relationship i don't know but he was in a relationship and um i was seeing someone at the time too just casually and so initially it wasn't i mean we just got along didn't we babe we like we had some really yeah. great chats and we were just and, getting along like a house on
0: fire. and were you like Sup. oh for sure even though you had a girlfriend.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm, uh, at least in this specific instance of that relationship that I was in, I was monogamous, Uh um, and was abiding by the, the rules and the laws of monogamy. And so, yes, she was stunner, stunner, babe time, but it was very much uh, platonic at that point. Um, and, and we were able to yeah, I think just exist in like a a casual curiosity of um, the, the the human side of things. Although at the end of the evening, and she might not be forthright about this, but she asked me to kiss her. Oh. I don't think so. I don't remember that. You did. It's I like did you not. said, "Can you kiss me?" No, you said, "You, you, you going to kiss me or what?" And I was like i want to but i mean, I mean that's pretty
2: ballsy if i did so yeah, yeah i'll take that nice yeah i did say that guys <laughs>
1: it was pretty rad 100 <laughs> said that okay so fast forward then
2: well yeah and then you uh, uh and then that was say the wednesday and then on the thursday night you were playing a gig at the northcote social club so i went along with jane again to that and then i think i pieced out well i pieced out right at the end of your set because i had to go and pick up old mate who i was seeing at the time
0: and that was your first time hearing him
2: yeah so first did time time that make you a feel a
0: different type of way about him You know, I don't,
2: I don't, I don't know. I really enjoyed the show. I can't tell you how I felt then. I I think I was just, I think I was just shitty that I had to go and pick up Alex Mm -hmm. and I couldn't just like hang out. But anyway, like the show had just ended and I'd made eyes with Maddie and sort of said like, I'm peacing out. And he was like, okay, well, I'm sure Alan would want to say goodbye to you. Gave Alan a hug and then just bailed. And then you guys were off to Tokyo the next day, I think.
1: Uh, I can't remember at what point in the, well, we flew into Melbourne. So our first sideshow of that trip was Melbourne. And then mm-hmm. we would have had Sydney and the blues fest uh, following that. So no, I
2: don't think you did. I think you were leaving the country the following day. I I'm pretty sure you were like
1: hmm. piecing out of there and going to Tokyo.
2: I think you did it the other way around.
1: Regardless, it's life and the fast kind of mom doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but yeah, soon thereafter were, was gone And, and then, uh, got home off that trip. This is like, this is kind of the tail end of that bonkers, like 2012 year. This is sort of like the, the wrap, not the wrap up necessarily, but there was some space in between getting home from Japan and, like, the next thing that I had...
2: Which would have been summer for you guys, which would have been your summer touring schedule because right. you had Bonaru and stuff that year.
1: Right, right. And that, that was coming up, but we, you know, had a little bit of time off. I finally had, like, more than no money in my bank account and uh, got home. That relationship that I was in had, like, finally dissolved. You know, it was one of those tumultuous relationships that was on again, off again, on again, off again. Um, and it dissolved completely. And I thought, you know what I had, you've been to Australia. Mm-hmm. It's the best, it's the best, like the, the, the food, the, the people, I don't know if it's something about the Commonwealth accent, but like American, just like Australians, when they come to our country, we're just like infatuated. I remember meeting Australians growing up and just being infatuated with Australians thinking they were just so cool. Um, I think we have that same party pass over in Australia. And I thought, man, I want to I go back to Oz. So I immediately booked a ticket. I convinced. No, 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 hold no, on, no, no. On.
2: Step back.
1: Yeah, dude. You- no. My B, my B. Bee. I've been you,
2: told. <laughs> and I've got proof of this. I still have it. To show it. Three weeks after we met, I get an email from you.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Right after yeah, Tokyo, I got you were home. You,
0: were, you, were no, just you just said that you, like, you, you just that you like, skipped over Australia. that and you were
2: just going to like go back to Australia.
0: Give yourself you a chance me, you to be sent, romantic for a second. You sent me
2: an email three weeks after. So your relationship had ended. Mine ironically had two within that three or four week period. I get an email from you, which is, you know, hi, blah, blah, blah. How are you? What's going on? Chitty chat. Oh, Did you read
0: between the lines?
2: There was literally a PS at the end of the email nah. which said, "PS, are you still seeing the photographer?" Oh
0: God. no way! And yes, straight got, up now e- do you really want to love I've me? I've got the email, dude. I've I want to see that email because I don't. Got for, got I'm it. not a PS kind of guy. You can give it to me, and I'll put it right smack dab in your. You're this not video. a PS
2: kind of guy. You absolutely were a PS. No, kind I'll go go put it right in your body, body of work. Love works. makes you act
0: weird, man. So,
1: anyways, I bought a ticket. over it, I bought a ticket. I go look. Listen. I had so much fun in Melbourne. I want to go back. I want to hang out with that girl, Tara. Um, Convince my buddy Earl to come with me. Good guy. I remember on the flight over, I looked at Earl and I said, listen, player, this girl's dope. But I absolutely do not want you to allow me to fall in love with her. So whatever you do. This is we- too
2: much. This is, we met in March. He's back over by the first week of June. That's the time frame we're looking at. And yeah. he had a week off. But Alan tells me that he just wanted to fly halfway across the world just to visit Australia.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, in all honesty, I did. I, I really needed to get out of the country and to get away from. Sure. Um, but also, like, Cutie Cutie Hot Pants over in Australia well, was a so, nice, so, enticing.
0: So, why would you have told Elliot, I don't want to fall in love? With, don't let me fall in love. Well, with I think her.
1: it was just like a. It was in passing. Essentially, it wasn't like fall in love, it was more so the last thing I need in my life right now is to be in love with somebody who lives halfway across the world because stupid, you know, I'm very, it's just it's dumb. totally stupid, right? It's so dumb. dumb. It's, it's like the dumbest thing you can do. And we even for many months, were like to both of us blatantly, this is so dumb. This well, is yeah. like so I dumb, mean, but I really like you a lot. Um, eventually that progressed into, well, sorry, excuse me, that trip ended. Mm -hmm. and there was no real, like, there was no, we hooked up. We were like kind of a, we were paired up definitely during that trip, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like I left that situation and it was, it was fireworks. It was more so
0: kind of open-ended. Yeah. And you guys were both like single people at this point. We were.
2: Yep. We both were. I mean, I was working. I had, I had moved back from overseas when I was about 24, worked in a professional job for two years in my field and then by the age of like 26, you know, for those three years prior to meeting Alan, I was kind of trying to build my career and I did a lot of freelance work and I was doing retail stuff and I was doing jewellery stuff. So I was, when I met Alan, I was at a point in my life where I was trying to build these relationships with my career. And the last thing that I wanted was to meet a dude and fall in love with a dude in America and have to leave all of that shit behind. Right but there was definitely something undeniable between us. And we just kept in touch. And I realized that Alan was a young 26 year old traveling musician. And I knew that was a fucking crazy thought Mm -hmm. to like even pursue that. But we kept in touch and we spoke regularly. Alan had a, you know, Alan had a really busy summer that year and he played, you know, a bunch of festivals and was really busy. but I came over. I came over to the states uh, in August, I believe it was, at the end of August, and stayed for about five or six weeks. Remember with Jane and Ryan.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the the amount of time we were over, but we did a we did a reunion tour of sorts. You know, Earl, um, Jane, Jane's partner Ryan, uh, myself, and, Taz. and J-
2: Jane is Jane is the woman that I took to um, the dinner with. Alan, when oh, yeah. we first met in Melbourne. Okay. So Jane had had a relationship with Alan already.
1: Yeah, quality folk. Uh, we, we hopped in the Sprinter van, the old ice cream sandwich, and just traveled all across America. We went to we went to Yellowstone. We went to Vegas. We went to Yosemite. We went to... Um, there was a portion of the trip. I was trip.
2: so uncomfortable that whole trip
1: yeah she was traveling
2: wouldn't. around in the sprinter van and i hate the heat and it was just like standing in the mouth of a hairdryer in that thing right. like august traveling across the country in the sprinter van
0: and how far into this relationship were you guys this is like the this is august beginning.
2: this is august like i mean we'd been yeah, talking okay. there was no exclusivity to our relationship right but you know but
0: to- and and so like i i've expressed to you as well as on this podcast up, to up, me to you, mm-hmm. uh, like my insecurities in relationships, mm-hmm. and I imagine, and although I've known Alan my whole life, as, as far as being an adult, and I know he's an incredible dude, I would still feel so uh, scared to be getting to be jumping in to a relationship with somebody that was like a like, like a touring musician that was just going out on the road all the time and being like that, like, were, were, were had you done this before with somebody else? Or was this new no, for you? No, I mean, it certainly like, wasn't
2: an ideal situation But for you me. were
0: diving in head first and you were like, Well, Whoa. I mean,
2: I'd been in some loving relation, monogamous loving relationships in the past. I think I'd had maybe three prior to meeting Alan. And I mean, being 29, Alan being 26, I, I, I didn't know if I was really wanting to entertain the idea of doing this, but it was there was something there mm-hmm. and it wasn't something that I could ignore. I was very scared. I was apprehensive. I, you know, at the, well, at the end of that trip, that trip in August, it ended, it ended sometime in September, actually, by the time it was all said and done. And Alan and I were in LA and we were in this Airbnb and I was just like, I'm leaving tomorrow and I need to know what the fuck this is. Hmm. What are we doing?
0: <laughs> Straight what do you up. Say?
2: Up, like, I remember it. And I was just like, I'm not going to, I can't beat around the bush anymore. This is going to be a waste of my time. Yeah, good for you. I've got shit going on in Melbourne. I'm not going to waste my time with like some, like a 27 year old traveling musician.
0: And did you just squints, squints in your pants? Oh at, yeah, I was
1: super squints. I was like, I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, at that point, I think I was just as hesitant as Taz was. I was very much so, uh, uh interested in the relationship and interested in Taz and kind of smitten by her, but absolutely did not, uh, think it was smart to be in any sort of committed relationship with somebody who lived literally as far away as you possibly could. Um, but I turned to her and I said, look, I like you. I don't really have any ability to fortune tell and, and kind of, see where this is gonna go but if you're down i'm down
2: not what i was expecting (laughs) i was like this is like we're talking about a monogamous relationship i live in australia and you live in the states and alan was like yep i was like what the hell is going on i was expecting to i was expecting to go home the following day and just be gutted because alan was going to be like "Mm, nope
0: yeah, but how can you deny it when you when it's that right? Like, well, no, Alan
2: just didn't seem ready. Quite yeah. honestly, Alan didn't seem ready, but there was obviously something within him that thought he needed or wanted to do that.
1: But we've kind of we've unpacked this as a couple before because, um, it's I think there's something about your unconscious self that somehow without you being aware of it steers your life mm-hmm. in places that unconsciously and subconsciously, you know, you need to go.
0: Yeah. It's just like intuition. But
1: if you were making conscious decisions, like the conscious decisions I was making at that point in my life were so far yeah. removed from like where Taz was going with her life. She was becoming a vegan. She was, uh, leaving like that, the party. Atmosphere and world, she was all you know during that phase of our life. You were always the first one in bed at like 10 30. You guys
0: would
2: give me so much shit for that, too.
0: <laughs> I remember, like I,
2: just it to it be, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be. Yeah, re, I we were to be just hanging, webbing
0: up, we were getting, we were yeah, raging, like we like, no, like, okay. no, <inaudible> <inaudible> I no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 you guys would give me so much shit about that, but I just didn't give a flying fuck at that point. I was just, I don't, I don't care. I, I had become the person I was wanting to be in my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. To
0: you me, know, it was intimidating. Uh, I was like, oh, fuck, sorry. Dude. No, I mean, it's just intimidating. Cause I was like, she's, she's like way better than all of us. Dude. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, <laughs> I remember, I, you know, Not actively
1: during that time I had, I definitely had patience for. I don't know if patience is the right term but it was like okay as long as you're okay with me going this way and you going this way yeah. and then us still managing to somehow meet in the middle at times like consciously every decision I made was opposed to her lifestyle at that point mm-hmm. I was like raging I was staying up late I was just an idiot I was like treating my temple like a like a trash bin and There's something about my belief in the unconscious self that, like, Uh, somehow I I needed that. Mm -hmm. Like, somehow I knew subconsciously, unconsciously, somehow, somewhere, that, like, that's actually what I needed towards the pursuit of joy. Mm -hmm. And the other route that I was taking was, like, a blast. Don't get me wrong. Like, I had some good laughs. But I knew that there wasn't any, like, lifelong fulfillment in that pathway only yeah. right i mean listen we all deviate right like every once in a while we have a few we have a few too many starbursts on halloween but like for the most part i didn't when we met i remember when we met it was oh so funny i was on this kick like i was on a red bull kick like full on red bull kick <laughs> and i was still drinking like quarts of milk during the day right yeah, I so, so i we would go to the can we would go to the gas station the first time we we're hanging out just to get like a snack, right? I'm popping like Doritos. Hot cheats. Yeah, hot like- talkies, a half gallon of whole milk, and like <laughs> three Red Bulls. And that was my lunch. Yeah.
2: I couldn't be further away from how I was eating or what I believed to be Healthy or good for you, and I'm just like these yeah. guys. Like, what well, are you doing? Well,
0: I mean, it all caught up to you guys, right? Because it was, it wasn't all the red just bull ra- or the milk. No, every not not neither not the bad. No, no, no. The stuff. red like, bull and the milk everything, definitely everything. caught everything. up to me that evening. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> like everything that everything that was kind of conflicting between you guys, like before you had decided to really step in and and really like commit your full lives to each other, get married, and do everything that you have done. You went through some pretty pretty like you were like i don't think this is going to be the thing
2: well the thing you know i don't know how much time we've got but i when we made that decision at the end of september to do this i went back to australia and worked my ass off i think i had three jobs at the time just to save enough money to try and get back the following year um i think i came back in february of that next year maybe or we might have met in bali actually i think Um, we met
1: in bali in november
2: Oh, yeah, actually, we did. We met in Bali and then I came back in Feb. But I I, I left my life. Dude. So when it was time to come over, I had left my life, left my family, who I'm obviously extremely close to, and moved to Chawila, Washington with, like, nothing, no one. Alan was on tour all the time. So I was living in his parents' cabin by myself with no internet, no TV, no friends. Ghosts. On but basically, yeah, ghosts. Another story for another time on a somewhat abandoned lake Yeah. going from the busiest city, one of the busiest cities in Australia. And and, and
0: I don't think the people that are listening understand the gravity of the decision that you had to make because I didn't either as a friend of yours at that time until I went to Australia and realized what you left behind in all of your friends, in your family, in the environment that is there for you to have removed yourself from that situation and to. Plop down in Chihuahua, Washington.
1: Well, it's not even technically not Chihuahua. Even Chihuahua it's Waits, it's Lake. Waits Lake. Valley, Valley Washington.
2: Washington. Mm-hmm. So
1: Chihuahua is a, obviously you've been to Chihuahua, Jules, but to give everybody a context of what Chihuahua, Chihuahua is a one-stop-light town in uh, eastern Washington state, uh, just north of Spokane, about 45 minutes. I was raised there. Great little town, cool community. Still to this day, like some of my favorite people in the world have come out of Chihuila. Mm-hmm. We lived a half an hour from there on this lake that was the closest to anything was this like 10 minute drive to what is called Valley. They had a bar and they had a, a post office. Mm-hmm. And a general store. And a general store. And so she, yeah, when Taz... And I want to get your perspective on how it actually felt when you, when you got there. Because like during the process of us, of this portion of our relationship, I definitely feel like Taz was the motivator of it. Like Taz sacrificed everything. everything. Taz was was like really the one. If, if you hadn't asked me like, hey, what is this? It would have been it would have been a while before I was like, "Hey, I think we should like be together." Yeah, because I was just so on this path of the whole world revolves around me. Like I had just like people had just started giving any shits about my art, and that was a new world. I for the first time in my life had money in my bank account, and so the the real uh kerosene that was thrown on the fire of this relationship i think came from you babe Uh,
2: yeah maybe yeah and i I, it's not to say that look at me i left all this stuff behind i think it was i was ready to do that and i believed in the relationship and i didn't want to see it fail because of everything i'd left behind and i didn't want to not give it a red hot go um and I was put in some pretty uncomfortable situations. But it's not – I've been in uncomfortable situations before. I've, like said earlier, I've travelled the world and done yeah, some pretty come stupid on, shit. Yeah,
0: but come on, yeah, on I man, come
2: Yeah, but I mean it's, it was just – it was the situation. Yeah. And I was, I was in a new relationship, didn't want to put a foot or a hair out of place or seem like I was ungrateful or that I was, you know, high maintenance because if I had have done that, then Alan might have gone, you know what? I just don't think it's going to work out. Yeah. And it would have been a waste of my fucking time. Yeah. So I didn't want to complain. I didn't want to put a foot out. I mean, I wasn't a pushover by any means, but I just was trying to be patient and understanding of the situation. And so I, it, it just, again, hindsight, it's crazy to look back and think what that was and how that ended up. But, you know, we went through some pretty rocky times. It wasn't easy. I feel like, you know, I was going through puberty with Alan you know he eventually upgraded from red bull um you know and I drink runa now
1: baby shout out if you want to sponsor the drinks. podcast you know what i'm saying <laughs> blah, blah 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 blah
2: runa <laughs> you know but he yeah Alan, it, i just it was it was growing pains and sure. we sort of grew through all of that together and um once we hit our stride, which probably wasn't for a couple of years into our relationship, it was probably you know around the three-year mark, maybe that we really, huh?
1: Oh yeah, no, it w- I would say it was like 2018.
2: Mate, maybe yeah, Or
1: 20, 2017.
2: There 20, was a- That's what I mean. 2017-ish, 2018. I mean, you asked me to marry you in 2017, so we were definitely yeah, we yeah, were good for about in a, a good year place. Prior to that. We were good in a good place then. Yeah, um, yeah look, Jules, it was it was tough, dude. It was yeah, tough. And it's still sure. it's still tough to be away from my family. I think that's the shittiest thing about the, I mean that's the shittiest thing about this situation mm-hmm. is that I just can't be with them. But yeah, you know, I just keep sort of keep reminding myself that no one can ever be in two places at once and so right. I need to just accept and really love where we are at now as a family and I do and I love it. And yeah. it just just it's just taken time.
0: Yeah. Well it's certainly a testament to your love for him. And that and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know again like how uh, much you had sacrificed until I went to Australia and saw it with my own eyes. Um, and then it was, I had already loved you at that point, but I was like, "Whoa, bro!" Was there any sort of uh, up to this point? You had
1: traveled a lot. Um, I don't know how often. I, I think when you came to America mm-hmm. for that. Cross country trip That was probably the first time You'd been to America As as an adult Right
2: Let me I had Zero Desire to come to America I had travelled the world And I had Zero Desire To come to America Ever
1: And there was no There was no sort of like Curiosity About America Wow Nope
2: I was so I've got my EU passport With my grandfather being Irish So I was overseas for four years Living in Greece Living in Turkey Lived in London You know Travelled through Ireland Like did Southeast Asia, did all the things um, and just didn't really feel like uh, I I didn't want to be in another Western country that was, I, I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to live or didn't have the desire to just go to another Western country and just be absorbed by that, you know, culture. I, nothing about America actually interests me.
0: Interests me.
2: Interested <laughs> d- 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 me. <laughs> Really?
0: Wow.
2: So no, I had I hadn't been here. I had been here when I was a kid. Went to Disneyland with the folks and my brother, uh, but had no. To answer your question, had no desire to be here as an adult.
1: Dang. No, I was hoping that some of the. It was blame. you man
0: it was you you did it you were you were the thing to come well, for in America
1: Sure I was the catalyst but I I, mean, I always kind of had in my mind like ah like America's pretty tight maybe there's a little bit of like oh I wonder what America would be like
2: Well yeah now that I'm here and I have a better grasp of how big America is and we've got great friends here and what it's all about and and I'm slowly navigating that since you know living here for the last 5 years I have grown a love for it But what I'm saying is initially There was never any desire to, to come here prior to meeting you Not at that stage in my life mm, Maybe wow. later but When you
1: made the decision to come and live in the States mm-hmm. Was there any of that? Or was it strictly just to, to give our relationship a hot fire go?
2: To give our relationship a hot fire yeah, go Yeah, wow And it's been a shit show like, You know how hard it's been for us
1: yeah, like that's, the journey well, I mean,
2: the journey that we've had to take just in terms of visas and work visas and now green cards mm-hmm. and it's just I don't wish honestly don't wish that process a, a, on anyone.
0: But it's built a lot of character in in the relationship and it's strengthened you guys in an incredible way in in my opinion at least yeah, I think I would I hope think so. I, I I look up to you both in your relationship and think it's super strong and I live with you guys right now and so I see the 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 intricacies the subtleties the little nuances of your guys's relationship and it's amazing it's really cool because like yes it's a shit show but it's also like you guys have the capability to understand that that's w- what it is and you're fine with that and you can and you can bring it back to center and be like the best you're each other's best friends and rock at the end of that 10 minute whatever it is that's bugging you mm-hmm. i don't have that i'm not there yet in my life and i'm Relying on you guys to help me get there with myself. Don't rely. Don't rely. Well, on look, us. like I'm not sitting here and being like, you guys have the perfect relationship, and I'm so proud of you guys, and this is so great. Like wabi-sabi, it's crazy. Baby. It's wabi sabi, and that's wabi-sabi, so yeah. it's so cool. And like, I know why you came for Alan. I get it. I'm I'm his best friend. I've been like I've been next to him my whole life mm. admiring him kind of like you know following him and being like such a champion for him um i get it i get why you would have done that but like f- i didn't know i didn't know what you were leaving behind and it was amazing for me to be like dude holy shit alan like yeah dude you yeah. got like well i didn't you, even you got the you got a champion man in in this girl and it's so it took me a while cool. f-
1: to fully comprehend i think it was it was Pauly who like sat me down at one point i don't know when it was cuz i think also in you know in my in that stage of my life like my 20 dude pretty much when people started paying attention to my music up until like my deal with capital completely exploding in my face i was i thought i was the shit right and it wasn't until i realized Damn. that i am not Any better than anybody else. Um, I, uh, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought for a second there, but excuse me. Um, that period of my life, it was probably 24 to 30. Um, I was so amped on myself that I was, and I was also just kind of an autopilot a little bit, right? Because like you, you live on the road, it's, uh, it's a hundred miles an hour, everybody like you're in charge essentially. Um, and so this universe that you're traveling in, especially if it's like your thing you know, if your name's on the marquee, granted, I don't, I, and you know, Steve could expand on this. I don't believe that I treat the people that I tour with like I'm in charge of them, but there's still this, uh, there's this subtle knowledge that happens when you're, the boss, right? Like you just know that, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain without coming off incredibly conceited. But at that stage in my life, I was learning that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like a few years into Taz or maybe a year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long it was for Taz being in the States that one of my, one of our best friends, one of my best friends, Paul was like, dude, do you realize what this girl has done for you? Yeah. And then it hit me. And you know what? I think it was, there was a point in our relationship where Taz was like, (laughs) like the only thing that kept Taz in America was that it would have been so hard for her to get back to (laughs) Australia. Like that in so many instances, like the fact that Taz just couldn't just be like, like if we were living in Seattle together, we would have, I would imagine we would have broke up. At certain points in our relationship, because it would just have been so easy to right. fade back into the mm-hmm. city, you know, disappear from, you know, she go back to her yeah. friend group, I go back to my friend group, and like a normal de- dissolve you of sacrificed a relationship. So
0: much in the circumstances, the chips were stacked against you. You couldn't go back. You couldn't use <laughs> me. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah, just I the like relationship. Not, like was, you were just sacrificed. You like you were there. You had to do what you had to do. Yeah, it was kind of.
1: Well, there was not moments where where. Yeah, of course. It just would have been hard. It it would have been more difficult for, for Taz to get in a car, drive the hour and a half to the airport, get a flight from Spokane to Seattle, to Seattle, to LA, LA back to Melbourne. Like that whole process would have been harder than us just like sitting down, strapping in and figuring out our bullshit. And thank God that we had that barrier because I think it saved our relationships a lot, a relationship a lot of times.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty rocky for a certain amount of time there. And Alan's right, if it was easy, if it was easy for me to just run back to my family or my old way of life, then we probably would have been done. So, mm-hmm. but the fact that me leaving the relationship or jump or going back home, that was final. Like as soon as I got to the airport and jumped on a plane, I wasn't coming back and going through that shit again. Like, yeah. so we had to be very particular about the decisions we made. And if we were a hundred percent certain, there was definitely a time where I felt like I was one foot in and one foot out. And I had to really ask myself, you know, if I make the decision to end this, like, what could I be giving up? I'm not gonna have another chance at it. So we, I don't, I, yeah, it definitely strengthened our relationship and it made us, it, it was some hard truths we had to face. Um, and we obviously made it through all that.
1: Yeah, we definitely yeah, found our did. way
0: through it. You did. You brought a baby into the world. You got married. We did. You guys bought a house. We did. You moved to Spokane. Sure did. You invited your best friend, JP Grimshins, into your house to live with you during <laughs> the pandemic. Let me tell you,
2: the hardest thing, yeah, this whole pandemic, and I mean, that's one of the shittiest things is that I can't see my family. It it really goes six months with, it really goes six months that I don't see my family, and we're currently entering the eighth or ninth month that I haven't seen them. So, hopefully, we can go back to Australia soon and see them. But
1: yeah, our dream, our dream would be to split time, Mm -hmm. to to kind of have a, an amount of the year that we could spend in Melbourne, um, in. kind of the the close circumference to Taz's folks and her brother because we love it over there but at this yeah. point it's obviously with the pandemic it's not
2: even possible, possible
1: but um you know I haven't landed on that uh, ability yet to you know make enough money or I guess I mean if, at this point it is a money barrier um to kind of split that time but
0: yeah
1: uh, eventually eventually yeah, we're happen. hoping that that would that would take place and yeah. be sick for little Rudy to have a, a livelihood and a lifestyle and an understanding of both places that his parents came mm-hmm. from. Um,
2: he will, he'll get that chance. I think.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, it's also, uh, you know, you, again, you talk to your family every day, so mm-hmm. it's, and that's amazing. Um, so yes, you're missing out on the like physical, uh, aspect of them being in your presence, but you're still, catching up and knowing that they're well and every and everybody's fine over there which is amazing and i hope and assume that we'll get back to a place where where that's possible for you guys but but you have your husband mm-hmm. every day now mm-hmm. because he's not touring mm-hmm. and has that been cool?
2: Has that <laughs> been cool? What's
0: that been like <laughs> yeah dude, this is a can of worms. Um,
2: shit. Look, our our relationship was our relationship was built on Alan never being around quite honestly and I'm a very independent person so I'm okay with my I'm okay with being on my own I'm okay with doing my things to get me by I you know never needed a man to you know um, feel like I was achieving things or to earn money or whatnot and so it worked when we first met it sort of was a perfect it was a perfect symbiosis for me where I would get to spend time with someone that I was falling in love with and now love and then he would go and then it would give me enough time to miss him and then he'd come back and then it would be exciting. So this to and fro was actually really working for our relationship and it was, it was that way up until March of this year. And then when Alan came home, he was just home. Mm. <laughs> like he didn't go anywhere you know like couldn't, he couldn't leave I, I was just going just going crazy because I was obviously in a rhythm with Rudy I'd spent every single waking moment with Rudy up until that point he was a year yeah. old and then introducing even though he's my husband and Rudy's, Rudy's dad introducing someone back into what felt like our space you know like that's not how I do it or no I do this first or that's what Rudy likes it was just an adjustment and it took quite a while to get used to having Alan home because we've never had him home longer than a month, yeah. three weeks at a time. So yeah. it, sucked for a, it sucked for a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> like um, the first, couple, first two of you or though, three probably, months. Right? But like, we, it was adjustments yeah, for but, both of you guys, but let for me, sure.
2: But let me say that whenever Alan came off a tour, there was always that weird, like, week or two period where we were trying to find our rhythm again. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're like, okay, sweet. Okay, we're we're getting it. And it was like that obviously just amplified because we were in a lockdown and we couldn't socialise and we couldn't do anything. Um, But it got better and now it's amazing because I'm so grateful Alan would never have had this time with Rudy. He would never have been able to um, develop the relationship that he now has with Rudy, which is incredible. You know, Alan might have only just been coming home now. And what? Rudy's like 17 months, so. I
1: also, I, I also feel a much deeper connection with you, though.
2: 100%. I think
1: at least in the last month, it's felt, yeah, there's just a, there's a connection with you that I haven't felt um, ever before. And I think, you know, there's also, it's the pandemic, it's learning to live with somebody and coexist you know coming back to like how i normally exist on the road right i'm in a rv with like 12 people and uh quote unquote i mean we all know that bears in charge but like quote unquote i'm in charge right i'm not really in charge but like if i wanted to like whatever i wanted to do i could yeah at least push for it um that's not the you know in a in a monogamous relationship in a cohabitation partnership that's not the situation
2: uh, I'm a hot ass man
1: and yeah. and so learning that dynamic uh for me personally has been tricky, but man, in the last month, I feel so much closer and like i don't i'm thinking about when this thing straightens out i'm like that's gonna be real hard to get (laughs) me back on the road dude because i'm like, you're not gonna have to i'm gonna find this rhythm with my family and my wife and hopefully um i think too you know my 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 immediate family has been going through quite a bit as of recent and taz has been like my rock and like an absolute legend during that whole process um and up to this point, I haven't really experienced any tragedy. You know, I haven't been through anything that is like r- really grounded me to the fragility of life. Trauma and, and stuff. Yeah. And my, my, uh, that's kind of happened in the last couple months. And mm-hmm. I think that has also opened up some, uh, some perceptions in me that have just, I I don't know, I feel like I've evolved quite a bit in just my understanding of our relationship, my understanding of the world and the universe and the importance of my friends and and my family and my child. And, um, thank God. I mean, thank God for the pandy, at least for that, you know, I, yeah, I I think
0: there's a lot of people in that same headspace, man.
1: Well, I mean, it's tragic because right. There's been, there's some real suffering that's happening through this, right? Right. Um, but, uh, but I've, um, I've got a few things to, to be thankful for via this situation. Look, I
2: don't even, my jewelry business wouldn't be where it is without this pandemic. Like, I mean, up until March, I was designing stuff and making prototypes and then sending stuff to, um, a team of silversmiths that I've been working with for 12 years to make the bulk of my product. And now it's like, well, if this happens again, and production line slows, or mail's not going out, or countries are shut down, how am I ever going to sustain this business? So, I took it upon myself then to just hand make everything, and that means that uh, that meant that my jewellery took a different turn, and it feels great, and so I'm super thankful for that because mm-hmm. I don't think the Ishi brand, or you know, would be what it is right now, and I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be anything really, I don't think.
1: Totally, It would definitely be something, but I, as your, uh, as a fan of your work, I don't think your work's ever been better as like a legitimate, um, like I really dig what you do. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I don't think it's ever been as good as it is right now. And I think that that's uh, the source of that is you, um, having the minerals to do it yourself. You know, I think yeah, one I thing it. that this pandy is pandemic. I don't mean to make light of the pandemic. That's I just call it a pandy. Uh, I just
2: think of Panda Express every time you say that.
1: Pandy? Yeah. The The thing with this pandemic that, that I've, um, that's been a real wake-up call for me is uh, is self-sufficiency and how um, much I relied on so many different mm-hmm. uh mechanisms in order for me to like feed my son and uh i think i've reworked that and i've seen taz i've seen you really kind of step back and and think about that and really put time into taking your own product photos and uh, uh finding the um the gold manufacturers and building everything in our basement
2: i just don't i yeah i don't I I love working in a team. I just don't like relying on other people and I don't like being dictated or governed by someone else's time Mm. frame, you know. So I get really impatient if something is not ready when I need it to be because I've got the momentum but something else is slowing me down and I hate that feeling and I think that's what's made me feel pretty stifled and stuck up until this point. Now that I literally have full control over start to finish, like end product, um, I feel a lot more... Um, encouraged and confident in the product, the business, and what I'm actually able to do.
0: Yeah. Well, being somebody who uh, has spent the last month with you guys and has an objective look inside both of your relationships, I uh, I can say that I genuinely admire and am inspired by both of you guys. And Thanks I would did. be I would be friends with both of you guys separately of each other. Um, I think you guys are incredible, incredible human beings. I'm not surprised that you guys are in this amazing relationship with one another. I think there's like no surprise in that it worked out because even though there are a bunch of surprises that did make it work out, you guys uh, are such a strong team that makes uh, somebody like me very uh, challenged in wanting to figure out how to get to that place for myself. Mm. Um and I just, I, I, I want the people that listen to this to just like know that not, nothing here is easy. Like people that follow Alan that like love him so much, it's like, oh my God, he's so great. Everything's perfect. It's not. Everybody that follows your work, everything's great. It's like everybody struggles. Everybody goes through shit and you guys do as well. But you come out on the opposite end with uh, grace and um, smiles on your faces and f- Again, being somebody who's been living with you guys for the last month, I I'm just so overjoyed to be able to have this experience with you guys and to kind of be here in this period, yeah. to be pivoting and to be doing something really special with YouTube and Rudy, um, and to kind of just be like seeing it with my own eyes because it's really really special and uh, I'll 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 take it to heart for the rest of my life. It's going to be a really I think cool. Period moving forward from here for yeah, for, thanks, for all of us. And
2: we've um I appreciate you saying that and we've loved having you around and we don't want you ever to leave. So <laughs>
0: we love Uncle Dean. Uncle Dean. Uncle Dean,
2: yeah, if you could stay and never go back to New York. Yeah, well, you know, I who mean, knows what's going on. We'd love happen.
0: that. Yeah, well. So listen I, to the I, podcast. Yeah. Tell them what your brand is, what your uh oh, website is. Yeah, yeah. And all yeah. Stuff. So
2: the jewellery label is called Ishii I-S-H-I, I S H I, which translates to stone in Japanese. Ooh. Um, so, Ishi Studio at Ishi Studio um, and IshiStudio.com.
0: It's so, so cool, the stuff that you make. Thanks, babe. Um, people go check it out. I adore you guys both so love much. I love you, ma'am. I love you guys with all my heart.
2: Hey, guys. Love
0: you, babe. Thanks for being on the podcast. I love
2: you too. Hey. Hopefully, it wasn't shit. Hey, Hi. guess what?
0: What? How good's this? How good's this? How good's this? I feel like giving you guys a hug and crying now. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful way to wrap up a podcast. Yeah. Thanks for being here, babe. Thanks for Love being here. Love you
2: guys. Thanks for listening to my BS. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was okay. great. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. Jules, for the kind words. Love Thanks. you guys.
1: Enjoy okay, yourself, up. America, and out word of America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love you, everybody. Should have left it
1: at how good's this? Yeah, we will. Oh, we'll <laughs> Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to
0: the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the How Goods This podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family.
1: Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge.